Hello there. Welcome to today's edition of the Suffolk Money Podcast, brought to you, supported by Kingsfleet Wealth. This year sees the return of the Suffolk Show to Trinity Park, just to the east of Ipswich. And considering the break because of COVID over the last two years, we thought it would be really helpful to get an update as to the plans that are in place for the show and the fact that it not only combines the return of the show after this gap of two years, but also um, that it gives a great opportunity for Suffolk to come together for the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. So it was a real pleasure to be able to speak with Philip Ainsworth, who is the Chief Executive of the Suffolk Agricultural Association, who coordinate the show, and Tony Pullum, who is not only a farmer, but also the Deputy Suffolk Show Director. And it was great to be able to talk to both Philip and Tony and get an understanding of what makes this show so much like all the others in the past and what is the unique perspective about the Suffolk show, but also what makes this one different because of the additional arrangements going together for both the Festival of Suffolk and the um, Queen's Jubilee. So this is Philip and Tony as they talk about the Suffolk show. Tony and Philip, it's uh, a real pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us. First of all, it must be a busy time for you as we're in the, the run-up um, to the Suffolk show, but it must be a very exciting time for each of you, knowing that we're getting back together again after, a, after an enforced absence. Tony, how how's it, uh, how's it affected you? Uh, uh, the last the last two years has been um, a struggle for all of us, I think, in the in the country uh, that we haven't um, been able to get out and about. And there's a real buzz now in the, the Summit Show office and amongst the the stewards um, that we're going to be putting on a show first time in three years. And Bruce Kerr, our um, director, has held us together extremely well over the last uh, couple of years during this. Um, uncertain times that we've been living in and we're going to put on a show for him so he's going to manage one show out of out of three and uh, we're really really all looking forward to it we're all up for it. Philip how long have you been involved with the Agricultural Association and has this um, sort of arrived during your tenure? Yes well I've, I've, I've sort of been involved I suppose in a number of ways since 1991 um, as both a, a sort of show visitor, uh, as an exhibitor with horses. Um, I, I then actually spent about eight years as a steward on one of the gates dealing with tickets, which was great fun. Um, and um, and in my present role, I've been with the association now for seven years. Um, so I've, I've seen four shows in, in my current role. Uh, and as Tony said, um, had to manage the very difficult um, sort of vacuum period uh, because of COVID over the last two and a half or so years. So it's, uh, it, 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 no one saw this one coming. Um, oh, and uh, <laughs> uh, we've all had to, you know, we all had to adapt very rapidly to a, a rather different world. And um, in, 20, in 2020, when did the, when was the decision made to, um, well, I, I assume it was just a straight cancellation rather than a postponement. Yes, I, I think, I, I mean, we, we will probably all remember March the, the 20th, 2020. Um, uh, and it, it was uh, completely obvious that, um, that the show was absolutely not possible that year. Um, 
and um, we, we sort of reconciled the decision in our own minds as, as quickly as we could in order to give as much warning to everybody about the fact that it was self-evidently an event that couldn't happen. And um, uh, so we, that was our primary purpose really, was to um, sort of call a halt and then, uh, and then liaise with everybody um, to ensure that they knew what, what, what the decision was as quickly as we could make it. What about for last year for 2021? How when, when was the decision made to, well, we, we, to not go ahead with that? I, I think because because I, I think we all sensed, didn't we, that um, we were sort of in COVID in quite a bad way, then slightly out of COVID with restrictions being moderated or lifted, and then and then going back into you know further lockdowns and restrictions. So I think seeing that, that, that there was that sort of yo-yo going on um, and working with our medical advisors, it, it, it was apparent that, um, and it wasn't just with us, of course, it was you know, many others were looking at this who involved with big events. It was, it was apparent that it was very unlikely that we'd be able to deliver a show that we would, the, the kind of event that we would want to deliver. Um, and wisely, we decided that we would um, cancel that event as soon as possible to avoid any commitment being made towards it by any party. Um, so I think Tony just helped me out, but I think we, we, we made the decision in sort of September, October. Yeah, we, it was about September, October, and uh, yeah. we've got a, a very good senior steward um, of our doctors, uh, Dr. Richard West, who was a very, very plain and blunt about the situation that we were looking at and he advised us and what he advised us was 100% correct. So we're indebted to his uh, knowledge and his foresight uh, going forward. And yes, we decided that um, let's cancel now before we get too far down the road and, uh, and let's start planning for the next year, um, 2022. Philip was involved with a lot of um, the health um, uh, organisations, looking at all the possibilities of COVID and how we're going to uh, adapt our, our show to the general public coming in. And we started all that back then. So, so and it's set us in good stead, I think. Don't you think, Philip? Uh, no, I, I, I agree. And I, I think it's all about, you know, taking a positive out of a negative. Um, we've done a huge amount in the last two years with our facilities um, to, to improve them for the future. And it would have been awfully difficult to fit in some of the structural things that we've achieved. Um, I mean, literally, we just opened two new uh, loo blocks, um, which are probably not the most exciting thing to talk about in the world. However, um, very important in the context of um, delivering large events to a lot of people, um, because you know, it's those sort of fundamental things like car parking and food and and lose that really matter. Um, so we've 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 used that downtime in a positive and productive way to create things that actually in a normal year would have been awfully difficult to fit in because how do you build these things around all the events taking place? Um, and and of course the show. I mean, just back to Tony's point about the. The sort of decision-making process. I think everyone needs to appreciate that the the, the show is a continuum. Uh, we we plan for one, 
it finishes, we then start planning for the next one. Um, and it does take about, in earnest, it takes about nine months. Um, but but actually, we're, we're, we're dealing with the planning of the, the event on a, on a constant basis um, and um, always trying to improve it uh, from the lessons from the, the previous ones. So it, it um, as I say, I think um, we, we, we're a very positive organisation. Um, and uh, I think where, where, where there was this huge disappointment about not being able to do the show or now shows, um, we, we, we started to coalesce around other opportunities that we could look to, to achieve, knowing that we didn't have the show and other events, particularly outdoor events, um, that, that would conflict with, you know, some quite major schemes that we've been undertaking. The anticipation must be huge. Um, I suspect the demand within the county is massive, uh, just looking to get back together again. Um, and obviously it's quite a unique occasion, both in the sense of coming back together again, Festival of Suffolk and the uh, Platinum Jubilee. You're putting all of these things together in some, in some way. What have you got lined up as far as those things are concerned, Tony? Um, well, we're, we're, as, as you rightly say, it's the Jubilee year, it's a one-off. Um, I don't think we'll ever see a monarch uh, do uh, seven decades again. Um, I definitely won't see it, but Philip might do, but, but no. Um, but yeah, no, we've got the Suffolk Platinum Years, um, which is an area at the Suffolk Show this year, um, which we've got 11 sub-areas of community, education, food and drink, home life and tech, maritime and coast, military, music, arts and culture, transport, um, the Royals in Suffolk and sport, and landscape. Um, it's a two-acre site um, where we're celebrating the last seven decades of, of Suffolk during Her Majesty's reign. And if I look just to go down the community area, we've got the Suffolk archives from the hold, um, Suffolk Windrush, the select committee, how black communities have changed, uh, Suffolk Pride, the LGBTQ plus communities and their evolution, uh, Community Action Suffolk changes in volunteering in the last 70 years. Um, ACE Anglia changes for those with learning disabilities over the decades. Suffolk GP Federation, um, the screenings, how the screenings have changed over the years. Um, BBC Belongings, oral recordings of community champions. Um, rural Coffee Caravan, the rural community uh, changes plus refreshments. We've got them coming in on the community bit. Um, on the education, we've got Hannah Woods from the association office um, who's dealing with this. We've got the Suffolk Agricultural Association time capsule schools, um, which is photo displays from Suffolk schools. The University of Suffolk, um, the origins of the uni founding, the alumni uh, graduation ceremonies, etc. We've got the Southwold Museum in there with the primary school classrooms from the 1950s and the playtime activities. And then we go to food and drink, um, which uh, Mandy Rawlins is um, very kindly helping us with, which is the food museum, which is street party showing different decades, food stories, paper plates of food memories and the favorite recipes. Uh, Morrison's are gonna be with us with bread milling process demonstrations and type and taste activities. The Suffolk archives and the whole the brewing history of Suffolk. 
Um, Probably had to get in there somewhere, didn't it? That was inevitable. Could just see you guys ensuring that happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then we've got um, the home life and tech, which is British Telecom tech through the decades, uh, sort of boardsy manner with the VR headsets for the feel of when 1950s radar station artifacts like fax machines, telex, telephones, how they've all changed, screen rolling, TV adverts as well, we've got going on. Um, under the home life as well, we've got the WI, which has got the iconic toys, kitchen appliances, and the cleaning uh, clothes, and the evolution, and how time spent, fabrics, and etc. cetera. Um, roles of women, social attitudes, and day-to-day -day life changes within the vol volunteers. Um, so just, so that the home life is sort of um, a really interesting bit that will just show some of the children what it was like in the 50s up to present day, how the, the schools were, were sort of run. And then we've got the Maritime and Coast, uh, which Tom, uh, Tom Bress is, uh, is uh, looking after for us. We've got the Suffolk Museums, um, which is a display of um, the last 70 years. Um, tables and chairs, um, how they have changed as well in the years. Landguard Trust linked to Felixstowe Museum and the Felixstowe Port um, and the Port of Felixstowe that have, have very kindly sponsored the area as well. Um, of going to bring the history of containerization, a cana walkthrough, the, an old tug, possibly bringing a new tug along as well. Uh, possibly bring a fire engine as well that they use at the the, the port. Um, as I said, the Felix o Museum is going to be the history of the port and those that have worked there, they're going to be there. Then we've got um, military, uh, we've got the Bentwaters Cold War Museum, US military police car possibly going to be there. Uh, uniformed 1980s US MPs uh, to reenact uh, Cold War exhibits. Then we've got the Norfolk and Suffolk Aviation Museum, a cockpit to sit in and interactive exhibits about flying. Um, then we've got music and arts, which is uh, very much uh, uh, the thing at the moment. It's, um, we've got the Britney Piers Arts, uh, which is going to be music across the decades. Uh, Suffolk Libraries, storytelling of the, of the years. Dance East, the flash mob dance, dance group. Suffolk Archives, the Holder game, they're going to be exhibiting in this area. And uh, Power of the Past Museums, fashions through the decades, wedding dresses and wedding guest outfits from each decade in the last 70 years. Then we come on to transport and power, agriculture and industry, um, which is Ipswich Transport Museum, which um, ransoms lawnmowers, how they've evolved over the decades. Uh, we're going to try and uh, we're going to have a 1970s Ipswich bus. A 1950s fire engine, a 1960s fire service truck, and the museum show trailer. Then we've got EDF and the Sizewell Visitor Centre. Going to be there talking about Sizewell A and B photographs and models. The Longshot Museum, the Garrett Engineering Works history from the 50s to their close. Um, Mid Suffolk like the Mid Suffolk Railways, the Midi Lorry brand in Mid Suffolk. They're based at um, Weathering Set. Uh, lovely little organisation. Um, Howard Morris and Charlie and Phil, the Orwell Bridge, they're the, the three people who are going to talk about uh, how the construction of the Orwell Bridge took place, <laughs> etc. Uh, we've got a tractor display of Matty Ferguson tractors from the 50s to the, to the present day. 
Uh, we've got lorries going back from the 50s to the present day. We've got cars from the 50s to the present day. We've got a, a range of Land Rover Defenders from 1950s to the present day. Plus we've put a couple of iconic um, Range Rovers into that as well. Um, and then we've got the, the Royals in Suffolk, which um, Helen Fomenko from the Suffolk Airports Association office is helping us with. And she's dealing with the Access Trust. So it's a collation of photo boards, re-roll visits to the county, significant moments over the decades. Um, contrib contributions of to the photographs are Argent, Ken and Rachel Stone and Howard Morris. Um, then we've got another one, which is the sport, which uh, Matt Slater, uh, who's dealing with that. And we've got National Horse Racing Museum, racing royalty, day-to-day -day at the races, horse simulator, Queen's Silks, race day soundtrack, hats, etc. We've got Ipswich Town Football Club, they're going to be there. The social and culture, mannequins with kits, crowds with their dress, footage, match day, match day programs, boots and balls. We've got heritage in Suffolk cricket, cricket handbooks, county championships, Gillette Cup, etc. Then we've got landscape, which Paula Sater, who's also um, uh, in the Suffolk Agriculture Association office, um, she's doing the landscape and she's going to be a, a display of country la county landmarks. Um, so we've got a lot, lot going on in that area. Yes, I should say. Very, very excited. And it is, I, well, I suppose I could say really, it is the start of the Jubilee weekend, really. Yeah. That we're going to be starting on the Tuesday and on the Wednesday. And then, of course, the Thursday is the bank holiday, the start of her celebrations. But Philip, I think, can expand a little bit more on um, the Jubilee event that we're, we've got coming up at the show with the uh, torch, etc. Yeah, so um, so I think Colin, you'll you'll sense that there's a, um, a really comprehensive yeah. dis there's, display. There's um, two days of material just in that section. I, I don't <laughs> get to anything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think if you're really interested in, uh, as I, as I'm sure a lot of people will be, um, you, 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 the time that people spend in that area will be quite significant yeah. because it, it's a unique it's a unique experience. Um, and um, as Tony has, has very clearly articulated, there's just dozens of things that, of course, over the 70 year period have happened uh, just, just in this county, which is extraordinary. Um, yeah, so as well, um, uh, back in October, last October, we planted 70 trees uh, in an avenue um, uh, for two reasons, really. One was uh, as a contribution towards the Queen's Green Canopy. Um, and that, that our avenue is now registered on the national website, but as well, it's to celebrate the Jubilee. And um, the Lord Lieutenant is going to formally open the avenue on the second day of the show. And um, it's been a lovely project, actually, because every tree has been sponsored by a member. Um, and, and if you think about legacy things, uh, that the species we've selected are designed to last, you know, 150 years. So if, as I'm sure we will be, we're, we're still going in 150 years, there'll, there'll be people saying, oh, gosh, that was great, great, great granddad's tree. And, and I think, you know, tr trees in particular are, are a, a great thing to think about if you if you want to have an enduring legacy on, on quite a personal level um, or, or, of course, on a more sort of organisational level, too. Um, so that's happening. And then on the second day in the afternoon, 
there is the pageant, which is really the Lord Lieutenant's event. Um, and we're, we're enabling that to happen by providing ring time in, in our grand ring. It's not my event, but the, the, the essence of it is to be a, a very inclusive event, reflecting um, the, the, the county's um, uh, service providers in terms of armed forces, NHS, but also youth organisations and trying to have a multicultural Commonwealth feel to it. So the, 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 the sort of objective of the pageant is for it to be fun with, with music and, and colour um, and, and lots of noise. Um, and that, that, that is really the, 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 the first event that um, at county level kickstarts what will then follow both locally within the county and nationally over the following four days. Um, that said, the torch relay, which Tony mentioned, um, it, it sets off before then, um, visiting uh, every parish in the county. Um, I think it's over 500 miles of, of, of travel, um, uh, but it will finish, uh, it finishes in the pageant uh, or at, at, the, at the show in the pageant. Um, and the torch will then be presented to the Lord Lieutenant, who of course will light a beacon um, on the 2nd of June. Um, and um, we also hope to have the, the, the Queen's Garland, the book that's been produced, um, uh, um, available in our art tent. Um, and the, the coordinators of that, the, the Jameses from Albra, um, we're hoping will be there and um, the book will be made available at the show. Yeah, there's some really exciting things. We 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 had a recording uh, a few weeks back with uh, Rachel Sloan um, uh, and Tim from the uh, uh, Suffolk Community Foundation just about you know some of the activities and events and the, uh, yeah. the torch relay is absolutely an incredible <laughs> piece of work. But to coincide that with ending at the um, at the show is just genius, absolutely fantastic. That's going to be such an amazing event. It will be, it will be. And um, we've also got the Red Devils programme to jump into the event, into the pageant event as well. Um, I suspect that will cause more chaos than, than, um, than organisation, but um, they're, they're, that we're, 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 it's good that we've got them. Um, and in fact, we've got the Falcons, the RAF parachute display team jumping in on the first day. So, um, but, but as part of the pageant, it will be, it will be lovely that we've got, um, some air, air, air displays, um, still working on whether there are any aircraft that can participate, but, um, <clears throat> um, but it, it'll be a memorable, um, uh, a, a memorable event, uh, as, as, as will all the others, which, so going back to what we were saying earlier, I think just emphasizes how, how unique this year's show is, um, and would have been even if COVID hadn't happened, um, mm -hmm. simply because of the, the, the the, the fortuitous timing that we find ourselves in um, concerning the, the start of the national jubilee celebrations. Yeah, it's incredible. You've got those two days of the show and then two days bank holiday afterwards. It, that whole week is, uh, I, don't, I don't think there's going to be a lot of work done in Suffolk during the course of that week, <laughs> other than people like yourself who'll be flat out. So I tell you what, we've got to keep reminding ourselves of and reminding everybody else about is the fact that the show is on Tuesday and Wednesday, not Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. 
because a lot yeah. of people a lot of people particularly those you know creatures of habit um i always go to the show on wednesday and thursday well you, you'll be you'll be right for one of the days but you'll be a bit disappointed if you come on the thursday because i'll rope you in to help with litter picking um because <laughs> and, and, and to get around all of tony's exhibits then uh, goodness knows so well you're, you're that's, a, that's, a, that's only a, that's only a small part of the whole oh. show yeah <laughs> So much going on. It, I mean, it is just an incredibly exciting time. But um, well, it's worth just looking back a little bit because I'm sure the show has evolved to what it is now. But how did it begin, uh, Philip? Where, where, where did all this come from? Well, in, in summary, uh, um, the association was established in 1831. And it was um, it, and it was an amalgamation of two associations in the county. Um, based on the east and west divide as it were um, and the, the the agreement was it would be better to have one association rather than two so that was I think that was a very good decision back it back in the day um, and the first show was in 1833 um, and I, I guess it probably was um, a, a fairly small affair um, created by a group of landowners and farmers who said it'd be quite fun to meet in a field and share ideas, um, uh, equipment, and have a beer. Um, and I think if you look um, nationally, that is kind of how it all happened for a lot of counties. Um, and of course, ties in in a way with the, the rapid advancement of mechanization in the industry um, through the Industrial Revolution. Um, but the, the show, uh, clearly starting in a very small way, um, started to evolve and develop. And up until 1959, um, it, 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 the county show, as it had become known, was a roving affair. Um, so it would, it would find a, a willing landowner and it would go there. I mean, Christchurch Park hosted the show for many a time. Um, but I think the idea was that it would tour the county um, and um, uh, as I say, through through generous benefactors with land, but it got to a point, um, and again, this this seemed to be a, a fairly common national trend that that the county shows, and of course, if you think about places like Scotland, that that became that's a national show, um, and and they become too difficult to move around, um, and so we were very fortunate that the Woodward family um, enabled us to have Trinity Park. Um, which had been agricultural land. Um, previous to that, it was Heathland. Um, and the, the, uh, the first show, I think it was 1960, um, uh, on, uh, at Trinity Park. Um, and I guess then it was um, pretty much a field with perhaps a couple of temporary buildings on it, but a lot of marquees. And of course, since then, um, having sort of dropped anchor there, uh, as an organization we, we've developed the facilities um to where they are today um with, with a lot of permanent structures um but of course for the show still um needing temporary structures in the form of marquees and and and, and other temporary buildings um so and of course the 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 association um no longer um has you know one person working 
you know maybe one day a month organizing a small show um it it, it, it now has a, a a staff base that employs a number of people working throughout the year uh, undertaking a whole range of, um, of of activities um and our primary purpose um since 1831 to this day has has been uh, um in our capacity as a registered charity to deliver um, education um, uh, about food farming, agriculture, the countryside and wider environment. And that is our that is our core purpose. And the show is 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 a key a key enabler to get our, our uh, chosen messages across about uh, about our industry. What other activities, for example, would the association provide during the course of the year in addition to the show? Um, so a good example is our annual School Farm Country Fair, which is um, an event uh, aimed at seven to nine year olds in primary education, um, where we teach them about food and drink. Um, and it's really about where does it all come from? How is it processed, manufactured? And of course, we've got a new audience every year because um, it's a different group of children. But we find that um, there is huge ignorance about where does it come from? They, they, you know, you, you, you pick up the packet of whatever it is in, in a supermarket and then you consume it. But th there is no, there is no knowledge or awareness really of how did it start? Where did that start its journey? What did it look like in its initial form? Um, and so we, we spend a lot of time trying to educate the primary children about that. And we, we, we do a number of other, we do an outreach program called Tractors Into School, um, where a farmer will take a, a, a tractor and park it in the school playground uh, and spend a morning or a, 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 a day with a, a couple of classes. And the tractor is really just a backdrop because what they're really talking about is um, STEM. You know, they're talking about science, they're talking about technology, um, um, uh, you know, maths. Um, yeah, yeah. Any much more about it than me, but I mean, farming is a is a highly technical, specialised industry now, and increasingly so, I think. Um, but it makes it a fascinating business to get involved with. Um, so I think you know, if you want to be an engineer, um, you can be an engineer in agriculture, um, um, and that's very different to if you say, "Oh, I want to be a farmer. How do I become a farmer?" Um, that that's quite a challenging prospect because where do you get your farm um but 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 with all all of the different career pathways now in support of the industry um uh you you, you know you can you can get very involved without necessarily being a farmer Tony, just turning to you for a moment because obviously we've referred to you as a um with your responsibilities with the show but in your day job you're, you've got muddy boots, haven't you? You're, I have, you're I'm, there I doing... am a farmer, um, <laughs> through and through. Um, and as, as Philip rightly says, farming has changed ex beyond belief. Um, when my father was alive, he remembers ploughing with a horse, horse and plough, and he remembers me having my first first crawler here, which got guidance on it, which worked within sort of millimetres. And his, he saw a huge change. And now I'm seeing, looking at Home Farm Nacton, where Andrew Williamson farms, um, was the farm's manager, he's got robotics in there. He's got robots going up and down the field, working 24 hours a day, planting seeds. 
And that, that robot knows exactly where each individual seed is being planted. And when it's finished, it can turn around and come and individually weed around each single seed. And I think this is, this is going to be the future. It's, it's the start. And it is mind blowing what technology is coming in, not only into the agricultural industry, but into every industry, driverless cars, um, which I'm a little bit skeptical about at the moment, but <laughs> but yeah, we've got we've got tractors that you just sit in and you just press a button and then up you go up the field and it keeps you within a couple of three mil, bleeps to you when you come to the end, you pick it up, turn it round, and it's going to evolve where we won't need a person maybe in that tractor because of the technology that that hopefully some of these young students now will develop. And it's it is very, very exciting times. How does the show benefit you? You know, does it still, you don't, don't just appear in a field with other farmers and share a beer anymore. Um, there's an awful lot more to it now. What, what's I'm, contribute? I'm, I'm very fortunate with what I do that I feel that a lot of us who are stewards want to give something back to the community to show them, look, this is what we're doing. It's a bit of a lot of pride that we're saying, look, this is what we do. Come and see us and we'll show you what we're doing. Um, the show is the highlight of my year, really. Good job my wife isn't in here, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it is, it, is, it is the highlight. It is what we work up to. Um, I've been a senior steward for many years on the finance side, and it's, it's just a ticking, ticking all the way along, all year. And then suddenly you come up sort of two, three weeks beforehand and you're really buzzing. But there is one well, there is one downside to the show is when it's all over, you look and you see everything being taken down and you think, oh, that was a good show. But you just feel that little bit of deja vu sort of thing and think, right, let's get started for next year. It is, as Philip was saying earlier, it is literally pens come down, marquees come down, and then it's straight on with thinking about 12 months ahead. What, where yep. do we go from here? Yeah, it yeah. is. And we, we, all, um, we all sit around um, individually in each um, senior steward role, like finance, cattle, heavy horses, etc. We all sit down with the show director, uh, Prast, and the new present one, and the deputy directors, and go through a plan of where sort of a debriefing of where things were good, where things were bad, where we can improve things. We're always trying to evolve the show to make it one of the best experiences people can actually have. Mm. And there's a lot of a lot of organisations organising goes on behind the scenes that going forward for next year is like sort of looking at how are the car parks? How are the entrances? Because that's the first thing that people see. How was how did people react? Um, to the questionnaire that we send out afterwards, was it value for money, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. And it's it is it is an evolving thing, and we just try and do it bigger and better every year. There might be somebody who's listening to this who incredibly has never been, and um, <laughs> that might come as a bit of a shock. But we do find that there's people who listen to this all around the country, and. Uh, I've always said there's something quite unique about Suffolk. I, I'm privileged to go to London fairly regularly, meet people all over the country, and, and, it, and, and they all have their pluses, uh, lots of exciting places and interesting places. But I always think there's something quite unique about the way that Suffolk works, the way that Suffolk uh, people get on with each other, the way that they, I think they work collaboratively, um, and the show is a great sign of that. So 
what would you be saying for someone who perhaps either has no interest in the agricultural uh, background of the show, um, but perhaps also is just saying to themselves, what, what's the appeal? Why should I be going to the Suffolk show? I don't know if I, I throw that over to you, Tony, first of all. I think, I, th I think what I'd say to someone who's never been to the show, what are your interests? Whatever your interests, I reckon we've got something at the show. Mm. Um, you take, we've got have a go activities. Uh, we've got the farm discovery zone where you can do some activities, the military zone, people who want to go maybe into the military. They've got a lovely stand there. Um, you've got cookery demo with the fun kitchen in the food hall. Um, you've got the wildlife area for pond dipping, bird spotting, insect identification, um, which is helped by the Suffolk Wildlife Trust. You've got the sports village. You've got climbing wall, Leicester Tigers Rugby Club, who are doing very well this year. Ipswich Town Football Club again. You've got East Coast Adventure, which is archery and um, geotagging. Um, American football, the Cardinals, Ipswich. Um, you've got Bouncy Castles. You've got the arts. You've got. Gonna throw in, I'm going to throw in beekeeping if we're listing things. So I'm a, yeah. I'm a beekeeper and. Um, it's one of those things where people have the opportunity to see what goes on in a hive really up close and keep quite safe as well. So I think well, you're right. You can dip your toe in different things and see what's going on. And it's not just farming. No, no. So, but farming is, is part of the show. But the other part of the show, food, food and drinking, shopping. Um, you've got the superheroes areas. There's so much, so much to do. When I was... When I was a youngster, we used to say two days was never enough to go around the show because there was so much to do. And I think that is the case now that if you've got a wide uh, range of, of interests, there is something there for everybody. Well, I, I would also add that um, don't underestimate the social aspect of the event, because I think if you look, if you look back over the last two years, um, uh, there is no doubt that um, people's general well-being has been impacted by the, the extraordinary experiences of, of COVID at its peak um, with self-isolation um, and, you know, that sense of loneliness uh, and uncertainty. So I, I think one of the great things about the event is that it's a very relaxed day out where you meet friends, um, socialise, make, make new friends. Um, and and generally have fun and that's good for, for all of us um, and I think it's one that you know it, and, and it's it's not a quick thing it's not like going to the cinema where you're you know enjoying yourself for an hour and a half um, you, this is this is an all-day affair um, spread over two days if you wish and I think um, if you make the most of all that's on offer um, you, you you will leave at the end of the event knowing a, a lot about things that you perhaps didn't know about before um, so your your personal knowledge without you even realizing it has has improved uh, and of course the other thing that you you've discovered is that you've met up with somebody you hadn't seen for a while um, uh, you've, you've met some new people and this, that that sort of important social aspect um, has been uh, you know quite fulfilling um, so I think these these are the things that matter to all of us um, but quite naturally some people have uh, uh, interest in in more of one thing than another uh, but as Tony suggested this is an event that tries to be inclusive and offer an opportunity and you know an opportunity of 
for doing things for, for everybody's particular interest. How do you read the runes at the moment in in the sense of ticket sales and uh, interest from, yeah, from the it's public? It's really good, really good. Um, we, we started selling tickets a long time ago and people started to show interest, you know, before Christmas in purchasing tickets and that's carried on all the way through. What's the reasonable numbers that you've had in, in over recent years, Tony? Have you got any idea as to what, what averages have, have been there? Over the over the over the last um, few years that we had a show, we've ranged from about eighty six to ninety four thousand people coming in, um, which is great. Um, this year we've we've changed it slightly um, that uh, we've, we're giving free car parking. Um, one of the reasons is to um, help the general public save a bit of money um, because things are tight, as we all know out there and to move traffic freely and quickly so people aren't queuing because i hate queuing i think everybody hates queuing as soon as we can get that flow going through so now you'll come straight off the road straight into the car park and straight to your parking parking uh, place and as as you expect know we do sort of three um price ranges we do the early bird prices which ends at midnight saturday the 21st of may which is adults is twenty six pound fifty for the day. Well, if you're there for, if you're there for for eight hours, it's a, it's only about three pounds thirty five an hour for entertainment. Children under fifteen are free. Um, young persons are seven pound fifty. Senior citizens twenty quid fifty. Um, so it is a, a cheap day out if you buy your tickets early online. Um, and it gradually goes, if you go pre-show and show days, if purchased after the 21st, it goes up to £28.50. And on show days, if you buy it at the kiosk, it goes up even more. So my advice to everybody really is buy your tickets online because it's cheaper. Save yourself some money. Come and, come and see the Suffolk show. You will not be disappointed. I would also suggest all businesses seriously think about letting their staff go for one of the two days. So work on half the staff being away on each day. Uh, that's what we're going to do as a business. Um, and we're even buying tickets for, for our team and their families, because I think this will be, I mean, every year is amazing when, you, when you're running. Obviously, the last two years have been a huge disappointment. Um, but uh, yeah, that, every year is amazing. But I think there is something very special about what's coming up this year and I think it would just be a, a shame for people to miss something which will be not just unique in the way it's presented but unique in historical terms because there's going to be so much going on it'll be phenomenal well as Philip said earlier on it is a new unique year it is a jubilee year it's not going to happen again in our lifetimes mm. so we're, we're really really excited about it yeah I'd just add in Colin that um and this is, you know, a, a sort of serious attempt to be inclusive. Um, we Part of the, the, the investments I was talking to you about earlier include a changing places facility for severely disabled. Um, and that's a, that's a purpose-built um, facility included within one of our new blocks. So, um, you know, we, we have started to promote that on the website, but I, I'm very keen that we make sure that people who think that they, it would be challenging to spend a day with us because they've got somebody with disability. Um, we, we, we hope that we've done as much as we can to remove that, that yeah, block, um, to give them you know, um, excellent facilities to enable them to, to spend the day with us. Well, it's gonna be very, very exciting. And thank you both for taking the time to give us 
some background to the show itself, the Agricultural Association, all the other work that it does. Um, but as you quite rightly say, reminding us, and this is, I think, the issue particularly, as you say, with rising prices, people need to understand what goes into food, uh, what goes into food costs, uh, all the input costs and so on. And again, I think the uh, association and the Suffolk show help contribute towards that knowledge. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a very exciting year. And thank you both for just taking times out of your busy days to uh, to just tell us a little bit about what's coming up this at the end of May. Colin, thank it's you. Been a real pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Suffolk Money podcast supported by Kingsfleet Wealth. I'm particularly grateful to Philip and to Tony for giving us their time and telling us about the very exciting plans for the 2022 Suffolk show. Please do subscribe to our podcast and if you can give us a five-star rating it does mean that other candidates discover this content and listen to the same stories that we want to tell about the people of Suffolk. I'm indebted as ever to Joy Day for working on our visuals and our website uh, and to Sally Birch and to Kevin Birch for their skills in booking speakers and producing the finished article. Please do join us next time in the Suffolk Money podcast. Thank you.